Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros. It's your boy, Kimsonian, and I'm here for Fan Bros Special Delivery tonight, bringing you the best in television. And alongside me tonight is the ever-illustrious, elusive, and evasive... Chico Leo. That's right, y'all. Chico Leo is in the escape pod tonight as we go over and review the hottest new or latest new TV shows. Um, so, Chico Leo, how you been? I'm good. I'm uh, back from Westeros. I'm here. Uh, I'm here in uh, back in Brooklyn. It's a big culture shock, but um, I'm getting used to it. And by Brooklyn, he means the escape pod, of course. In That's space. true. That's true. <laughs> Flying out of Brooklyn. Flying yes. over Brooklyn. We can see it from space. Uh, speaking of Westeros, uh, for all you fan bros out there, we had Kid Fury on uh, our last episode of Fan Bros, and we definitely went in deep on the uh, Game of Thrones finale, which was really awesome. We all gushed over it. Um, a new AKA for me is the. Uh, master of ums i believe that uh ben hameen crowned me the master of ums chico do you have a aka i don't think you have an aka i think yeah no i think chico leo is my aka yeah you might need to step it up i think uh each one of us at least has like two extra names right i know all right well i'll uh, I'll, I'll come up with some new aliases yeah so you know um, we need you to uh, step that up a little bit. Chico Leo right. is a great alias. That's just the intro. We need you to AKA it the way Tatiana does, and then you can put no, us no, all. Tatiana is catching up to Daenerys uh, Targaryen with all her titles. <laughs> she is. She is. I think um, by the time she finished last time on the show, I was half asleep. So um, you know, don't make them too long. Just get maybe maybe just one more. You know. Right. All right. All right. Next time, I'll have one. I'll have one for you guys next time. Yeah, like rap game something. I don't know. Maybe we'll even give you one. But anyway, uh, I'm the newly minted master of ums. So um, Chico's favorite show right. has returned. So, so True Blood has lived into its final season. Uh, what is it? Seven. This is Eight? the seventh. Set Lucky Seven. Yeah, Lucky Seven. Um, I don't know. I I feel personally like True Blood was a show that showed a lot of potential. And then kind of went downhill from there. Like, it never reached the potential. I always watched it. Um, I liked some of the characters. I always felt that uh, Anna Paquin wasn't able to carry the show. And so it sort of... And then there were always storylines that you just had no interest in. And it was always kind of flabby. But it, I, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, there's always there's been some really fun stuff through over the years. And... Um, you know, I'm I'm definitely I'm gonna stick it stick it through till the end. Um, <clears throat> now, did you watch tonight's episode? I, I did. I did watch. Um, I'm not gonna right. I'm not gonna stick with it. Right. <laughs> I, to, and, and to be honest, I haven't stuck with it. I think I gave right. up on season two when I realized that this was kind of jokey and small towny, and there was nothing that I thought was very serious. You have a show like Penny Dreadful that treats these characters with the ultimate respect, and for some reason, a, a bunch of vampires fighting other vampires 
with vampire motion, special effects, and right. Uh, so some of the vampires last season were mass poisoned with um, hepatitis C, and so the bad vampires all have hepatitis C, and the good vampires don't. And the good vampires are sort of have have some sort of very very thin alliance with the humans against the hepatitis vampires. Meanwhile, there's werewolves and shifters and witches and things, but they don't seem to be doing a whole lot right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm stuck in my math face right now. If you could see right. me, it's not. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I'm with you. Had a lot of potential, and again, I know it's based on these books. So I didn't read the book, so I don't know what it is. I don't want to hate on True Blood. For those who like it, more power to you. Um, I just could not get into it. And I still feel like there's like a thousand people on screen. And I'm not sure who to really care about. Right. And there's the gratuitous nudity. And it's like, that's great, but it doesn't really help anything. I don't know. No, but actually, I just want to point out, there was a movie that you and I both liked, um, the one uh, about the uh, mission to Saturn. It was a super low-budget movie, and there was a very attractive crew member on that uh, in that movie. She was actually on True Blood tonight and did uh, do some gratuitous nudity, so... Um, what was it, Project Saturn, or what was the name of the, the Saturn Project? Do you remember? No... But the movie, right. yeah, there was a movie. It was a low budget movie about. Uh, it was on Netflix, and uh, you liked it, and I liked it, and it you was about, about a. It was Europa? basically a trip. What? Yes, yes, exactly. Sorry. Oh, oh, Project yeah, yeah, Europa. yeah, 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 yeah. So one, the one of the women who was in that movie, uh, one of the members of the crew in that movie was actually uh, is now a cast member on Game of Thrones, and and did do some of that gratuitous nudity. You mean you mean on uh, you mean on on True Blood on True Blood? Yes, on True Blood. What did I say? Sorry, you said Game of Thrones. It's right, all yeah, blending. Well, sorry, it's getting you know it's all getting jumbled up here. Um, there's a lot lot of TV shows and things things are ending thing as as things end new things start. That's true. Um, what do you think about uh, Orphan Black season finale coming out the gate? So I, I thought it was a better season finale than the first season finale. I was actually a little disappointed with the first season finale. Um, this one I, I thought was really great. I had one or two minor issues. Um, and I had one. Yeah, look at me. I'm, I, I could be the uh, submaster of ums there. I, I did have one or two little issues, but I really enjoyed it. And um, I was really uh, gratified to see that dance scene. The, uh, yes, all the, the clones were dancing in the middle. That's right, the clone dance party. Um, right. I read an interview with uh, the direct, the director, the writers, sorry, showrunners, and they talked about the clone dance party um, and how they had it up on their writers' board for a minute, but they just didn't know how they were going to get there, and eventually they uh, they stuck it in the finale. Right. So I had read that the way that Tatiana Maslany got into character for each of the different clones was that she had come up with a different dance for each of the clones. And that's the way she would actually get into character. You know, she would shoot, you know, a scene first as Allison, then as Sarah, then as Cosima, you know, when they were all together. And the way she would separate it was she had actually come up with an individual dance for each clone. Which I'm sort of assuming was what we saw on screen. 
Like that's what she does backstage, like to get you know get into each different character. It makes a it makes a whole lot of sense, uh, right? You know, uh, I know we're skipping around, but yeah, definitely the, one of the highlights of the episode was the clone dance party. So basically, uh, Orphan Black, we're wrapping up this season that had so many new introductions and so many new storylines. And basically, a lot of those storylines just uh, ended. And then at the same time, we got launched into a whole new sphere of story. So Very big whole new sphere. Uh, yeah, I mean, huge. So maybe we can just uh, recap a little bit. Uh, one thing that I did love about this episode is that it really, you know, we, we start the episode with Rachel and Kira. And basically, that's essentially what the whole season has been about. Rachel's quest to either be pregnant or to solve this mystery about how Sarah is able to conceive and have a kid and how come the clones can't. Uh, the other, you know, sister clones can't. And so, you know, I really, I, I was really... I don't know how to say satisfied, I guess is the word, to be, to start off with this, okay, we got this out of the way. We know that this is what Rachel really wanted the whole time, and here she has it. So where are we going to go from here? And so I, th I was really satisfied with where they took the story. Yeah, and then, then they, I mean, they really creep you out with uh, go right into Sarah getting, um, you know, manhandled and prodded and questioned. And you sort of do remember that these women are, of course, they're women, but they're clones that are the property of some, you know, weird, creepy, sleazy genetic organization. Um, like yeah, the 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 show has sort of skirted that whole thing about you know obviously they're they're human beings, they're people, but there's there's a whole weird element where they they don't really have rights and stuff like I don't know. Um, right, she had to sign away. She had to sign to that waiver and stuff. Right, right, right. Right, right. You know, like, and then just, just the casual, like, yeah, we're going to take your ovary. And so, yeah, the, Sarah's the only one so far who can have children. And uh, everybody's really fascinated with that. Um, Especially Rachel. I think that was the biggest thing is like, you know. Right, right. And, and, and Rachel slash dyad. And then all of a sudden here, you know, here we have her, uh, you know, Rachel in possession of Kira, the prodigal child or i don't know you know the golden child this anomaly which we found out last episode was an anomaly truly she wasn't supposed to be and none of the clones were supposed to bear children and sarah right. was you know the only one who was able to do that so you know i feel like okay the genetic anomaly throws you into this uh kind of weird place um rachel swoops in gets kira we start the episode off with Sarah signing over her ovary or whatever. There's a big meet your maker kind of vibe going on a lot with these clones when they brush up against the dyad. And it's like, uh, I think that was really heavy in this episode. Uh, kind of bow down to who made you and all this kind of stuff. A um, little heavy handed on the dyad's part. But then it kind of twists and turns. And then we have Cal show up again. Um, and then Cal turns out to be, of course, this is, uh, Sarah's lover slash the dad, um, you know, Kira's, Kira's dad. Father, yeah. And, uh, but he's this hacker. He, all of a sudden Neo is in Orphan Black. I right. have no idea. Like, well, they set that up a little bit in the past. I mean, they definitely had him, you know, doing crazy stuff online and they definitely established that he was a slightly shady living outside the law kind of guy, you know, right. his camper right. and growing weed in his backyard and using the internet and having a gun. 
Um, you know, they set up a little stuff, but they showed him sort of doing, you know, internet crazy, you know, the way they do on a show where they show someone doing something for like five minutes on the internet and you assume they're Chloe from 24. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, no, so he, he's official or seems like he's officially on the clone team, but I also think, you know, he, he, at any point they could reveal that he's working for some, you know, third party, uh, you know, right. I don't, I don't a hundred percent trust him. I don't, I don't either. And especially when they flashed that gun a couple of episodes back when they were in the camper. And so who knows really whose side he's playing and everybody's playing like four different sides. It's so crazy. Um, and, and the thing about, uh, Cal that kind of bugged me out a little bit is that it's also the guy who plays Dario in Game of Thrones, right? So right, 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 right. He's the new Dario, aka Cal. So it's like you're getting two universes in one, and um, kind of funny. I was I was hoping he'd break out into some some accent or something like that. But uh, anyway, um, or from well, Black- one thing I want to say about this season, I found Kira annoying last season. And I didn't, or I found her storyline, like Kira constantly getting kidnapped and Sarah, you know, running after her. And, you know, the season ended last season with Kira getting hit by the car. But I found her to be a much more interesting character this season because I feel like she's had a little more agency and been able to, you know, like she pulled her own tooth out. She's made a couple of decisions. And so all the stuff with her storyline got amped for me this season just because I found her to be much more interesting and less of, like, a, a plot MacGuffin and an actual character. Because I remember Ben saying uh, he thought that the whole, like, girl keep getting kidnapped and everything was, was kind of... He found that boring in the first season. Um, and so I just want to say I thought Kira was... Uh, all her storylines were more interesting this, uh, this second season than the first one. She's also... Now she can dial a phone, so anytime she has right. access to stuff... She can initiate some sort of, uh, you know, action. I think she's also grown up. She's a little more mature. She's a survivor. Right. You know, she she's seen that the world is kind of against her. So she she has to find out who she can trust and, and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, she's she's been able to. Plus, she's super cute. Like, the casting yeah. on that is really well done. Um, the next, uh, you know, big, big reveal in the show that I felt was... Um, you know, again, spoiler alert, we're covering these shows. You shouldn't be listening if you're not watching these shows. But um, basically, all roads lead to topside, right? Right, right, right. So, so well, I was going to say, you, you skipped over. So the guy who created the clones, who was Rachel's father, kills himself. In front of Rachel. So In front of Rachel without giving the code, you know, the genetic code. The key to decipher the later discovers right um, that he had given to Kira in a copy of the Island of Doctor Moreau. Right, but um, I thought that was a a, a pretty good scene. You know, I I saw it coming. I knew he was. It was kind of like the cyanide vibe. I saw it kind of coming, and then Rachel sees her dad die twice. I guess in her lifetime to some degree. Uh, I read online something about that where you know. He's robbing her. This time it has a different meaning. You know, she felt she was in control of the situation, but actually uh, he was in control of the situation. So he's robbing her of her ability to fulfill her fantasy of being this, uh, I guess, a fertile woman, to put it bluntly. 
Um, and she, and he also tells her, "Yo, you don't deserve me." As he's dying, like you know. Do you think um, he's kind of repenting for his sins, maybe? But uh, right. You well, know. and he doesn't want them to continue with her. He, does, he thinks that she's not going to do anything good with all the info. Right. I think he he quickly realized that uh, down the line. Um, so yeah, again, I guess with that uh, that incident out of the way, all roads lead to topside, and one of the biggest reveals is that. Um, Marion, I guess the topside representative, right? Michelle Forbes, who's in like every show ever, right? You know, yeah, she shows up in everything. Um, that you know, she's running these secret ops and she's in cognito communication with Cal and does these switch outs and backdoor deals and all sorts of stuff. Um, but what do you and th- that she's been raising a, a clone who's younger. She's from the same stock as our girls, but she's one of only four hundred who survived. That was that a, was a, that was a really big reveal because it's the same actress who plays the clones when they're kids, right? And so that was actually I, I thought that was pretty cool. Then at the same time, the biggest reveal at the end of the episode is that there are male, male clones, clones, right? Yeah. So I thought that was uh, pretty impressive, and it happens to be who, the Mark, right character, the, uh, the weird. So I was hoping that they were gonna make it Art the cop. Oh, she that would have been so cool. There's like a moment, and I knew they weren't gonna make it Felix. Like that would be too stupid, right? But I was like, it would be really dope if Art the cop. You know what? You know, almost like in Blade Runner, like he sort of finds out that he himself is a replicant. Like if the cop finds out, yo, I'm a clone too, and then just to see that actor, you know, play like six different, you know, characters, <laughs> six different the way types, Tatiana right? Maslany does, <laughs> right, right. I guess the age wouldn't work. Like that guy's clearly older, and they probably would have started the clones at the same time. But I thought that um, I, I, I definitely was like when she said. I know him, so I was like, okay, well, you know, I, I, I sort of ruled out Cal and Felix as being too obvious. Right. And then I was like, I think art would be really dope. That would have been cool, man. I, you know, I, I do have to highlight the color claws, I'm sure. that Right. I don't, know how, I don't know how much screen time they'll give to a black guy. I don't know if they'll give him five characters to play and you know no diss maybe it's just that he doesn't have the range but right uh i don't know if you know the network is is seeing it that way but um that would have been a good move i applaud you on that but uh anyway season finale of orphan black so uh, what'd you think i thought it was great i thought um it ended really well uh ben gave me a note that they haven't renewed season three yet so that's crazy um i'm assuming that I don't know if that's correct or not, but I'm assuming that that's coming down the pike and uh, that we're going to get a, a solid season three coming up. You know, I don't know if she's I think she got nominated uh, Tatiana Maslany for a critic. Another people's choice. Yeah, award people's choice. Critic, no, critics, critics choice. choice. Critics, critics choice. choice. So I know she's getting nominated all over the place. But I, that said, you know, I, I want to slide into the next show, which we've been covering which is uh, Penny Dreadful. I-, I hope you liked the way I kept it moving, Chico. Um, I did, yeah, absolutely. I'm because with you. from one, you know, powerhouse female performance, uh, talking to herself, dancing with herself, we go to this solo performance of Evergreen and Penny Dreadful. And tonight's episode was called Possession. And 
basically the last two episodes, Evergreen has been murdering this role and really just owning this role of a, I guess, a possessed woman or a a gothic woman uh with Oh, she's definitely possessed. I mean, there's definitely it's whether it's a demon or a devil or the devil, but she's definitely possessed by an evil superhuman supernatural uh being. No? I mean, I, you, do you, or do you, you just think she's crazy? No, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I, the earlier episodes I was like, "Oh, there's something that she has going on." Obviously, uh, a couple of episodes ago or last episode she prayed to God, but somebody else answered, she says. Right. And then this episode, she goes full exorcist, climbing on the ceiling, um, you know, white eyeballs, the the whole thing. She dominates the episode, but there's something about her acting that just draws me in, and I don't feel it's cheesy, and I didn't get really tired of it, although I'm kind of impatient with the fact that they're not on the main mission that they're supposed to be on. Well, they weren't on any kind of mission. This episode was so claustrophobic because it all took place in um, t- uh, Timothy, uh, you know. Sir Malcolm's uh, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in his house, with the exception of the last shot, um, the whole episode was inside his house. So it was really claustrophobic and really talky. I mean, it was just a series of scenes, almost Breaking Bad-esque. Uh, not Breaking Bad, uh Game of Thrones-esque, where it was just different pairings of people talking, and then these great scenes, in in between these great scenes of her, and I agree with you, I mean, her performance is, I mean, she's definitely uh, murdering it, I I, I agree completely. Um, I still have an issue, I mean, it would be, you know, all the characters are this sort of one note, like, grim and cynical, and there's not really much... Joy, you know, one of the things I loved about Game of Thrones, I mean, not to compare, but like, you get scenes where you got Tywin and Arya, but there's no Arya character. Everyone on on this show is so grim, so, you know, sort of, they they have the same tone. Um, Everybody's sort of sad, like, and so it makes the show just kind of a little lugubrious. Now, notwithstanding, I mean, it looks incredible, and the performances are all good, and, uh, we saying Evergreen. I would have said Eva, but if she if she's Eva, Evergreen's performance is definitely. I mean, you know, e- eating up the uh, the scene in a good way. To- you know? Yeah, and and this particular one, like you said, it was really claustrophobic. We didn't get any side stories of Frankenstein or, uh, you know, no um, what's his name, uh, Oscar Wilde character. Um, what's his um, name? Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, the uh. uh Damien, no, no, Dorian Gray. Dorian Gray, sorry. Yeah, right. no Dorian Gray, no no side characters, no Egyptologist, uh, you know, no Dracula either. We just have straight up Ava Green channeling Sir Malcolm's daughter. And then, like I said before, she goes full exorcist. And, I, you know, in the back of my mind, I feel like the writer John Logan is just winking at all these horror yes. stereotypes and genres or, um, you know, these um, famous storylines that we're kind of all familiar with, whether they be classic or even in this one, I feel like this is a total nod to The Exorcist for those out yes. there who, you know, know The Exorcist, the classic. This had all of that stuff in it, and um, they even brought in a priest, and, you know, to that extent. So uh, it got really religious, too. It was it was really interesting how... Um, 
the show is incorporating kind of the faith aspect and I don't, I don't know where that's coming from but I you know like you said it looks great her acting is spectacular the the adventure or the the trip or the mission that I really wish they would go on is what kind of started the beginning uh, of the season. To find Mina? To find Mina and I figure it's always going to be out like I figure they need to be out of the house then I'm realizing in the past maybe four episodes they've kind of been internal they've stayed in London they've stayed you know in his house or Malcolm's house they've stayed close by and the furthest they really got was to that zoo a couple of episodes ago. Right. And uh, when they picked up Renfield. and um, Yeah, on the ship. Right. And, oh, the, the ship. That's true. Again, it's very local. And maybe he's gearing up for a trip that will never happen. I don't know. Keeps talking about yeah, I, I, the pacing. It's, I think it's, it's a combination of things, the pacing and the tone. But it's just, um, you know, again, I think it looks great. The performances are great. It's definitely worth watching. But it's not moving forward at a, at, and I'm not sure if it's just because we're used to the breakneck speed of things like, you know, 24 and Game of Thrones that sort of are constantly pushing forward at a crazy rate. Um, but it's definitely taking us time. And all the characters were in the same room, and so the, all the team was together, you right. know. But I didn't want the team to be assembled just to battle. Edward just to Green. talk, exactly. Yeah, you know, I really wanted to see them fighting some some uh demons and it seemed like this was this exorcism really got them in the the midst of battling you know the devil even that one scene where josh hartnett became the devil that was like a a vision that she had i'm assuming um well it's also an interesting choice i gotta say because last week's entire episode the entire episode was a flashback Right. Um, and so then this episode, all dealing with this possession thing, there hasn't really been an opportunity for the plot to move forward when you push in a whole flashback episode next to a like bottle episode like this, where everything is taking place not necessarily in real time, but in one location. It's to have those two episodes back to back really does sort of halt the progress because things were generally moving forward and then they jump back. And then when we come, you know, to the past, and then when we come back to the present, like, nothing really is moving forward plot-wise. They're dealing with this situation. I feel like... Which uh, they deal with. R- right, right. I feel like John Logan and Sam Mendes are, since they're working on the new James Bond, they maybe John Logan had to put down the script a couple of times, and he right. felt like, oh, let me let me keep all the, uh, you know, the locations in one place, and we'll just throw a possession episode together. While I'm arcing out this Bond film really quick. You know, who knows? Um, anyway, Penny Dreadful moving ahead. Next uh, week is the f- season finale. So looks like it's promising. Looks like they're about to wrap up some stuff. Uh, I haven't heard about a second season. I'm sure. Hopefully it's on the way. It looks like they spent a lot of money on this one. I'm I'm assuming they're trying to have this payoff down the line. So... Um, right. I, and by the way, I have to assume, I mean, I would be, it would be the story of the year to me if Orphan Black didn't get picked up again. I mean, it had a real buzz in between seasons and I got to assume there's a fair amount of people watching it. Uh, yeah. And I think they p- actually between, uh, I think Orphan Black picked up more uh, yeah. viewers like me, you know, I didn't, I wasn't really into season one. Um, and I think Penny Dreadful is picking up viewers as it goes. So both of these shows gaining momentum in their own way. Um, and again, you know, TV is, is doing really, really good. Um, 
and a couple of new things we're looking forward to. Uh, speaking of uh, demons and possessions, uh, last week um, we saw the premiere of Sci-Fi's Dominion, which, which is based on oh. the movie Legion starring Paul Bettany, not to be confused with his film Priest, which is right. also about uh, basically good versus evil, angels versus demons. Um, I don't know how Paul Bettany was able to do two films essentially about the same thing and him playing essentially the same role. Uh, but anyway, Dominion on sci-fi, uh, pretty good, I have to say. Um, I was kind of impressed. The world building was pretty well done. It's the story of, uh, of an, uh, an angel who is battling demon angels. Uh, Michael, the, uh, the angel is defending humanity right, so, so god disappeared the, the 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 premise is that god has disappeared and gabriel an angel up in heaven blames mankind and gets a lot of the stirs up a lot of the angels they attack man and then um michael who's the archangel the chief angel does take man's side so it's like humans and michael versus gabriel and most of the angels Right, and, what they call low-level like post-apocalyptic element to it, and they're bringing in like you know, like there's like intrigue, and I, it, it was it was considerably better than I was expecting. I actually, for a sci-fi show, you know, the last show I was plugging on sci-fi was Helix, which basically took place on one set and some cheesy blue screen, green screen, uh, snow sets. Um, but the story kind of kept me going. Um, but uh, this one is actually pretty good. They live in Las Vegas, like a post-apocalyptic Las Vegas called Vega. They have uh, houses, families that live uh, above ground. They have a number system for levels of citizenry and all sorts of stuff. They really built out the world. The effects were good. They even had a like a Darth Maul type angel who had yeah. a, a magneto mask and like yep. blade wings and. They had an ill fight with Michael. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, we'll see where this goes. You know, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, and I think uh, it, it's got a lot of promise. We'll see. Hopefully it doesn't jump the shark too soon. And uh, there were a couple of false notes where the one black dude is in the middle of the ring and he's celebrated gladiator. And then all of a sudden he gets killed within two seconds. Right. Um, Google the scene. By a fat lady. But right, right, an angel in the body of a fat lady. Right, the angel, uh, uh, another possession, if you right. will. Um, anyway, but uh, check out Domin yeah, Dominion Sci-Fi Channel. I think it's Thursdays. Thursdays, yeah, on Sci-Fi. Right, uh, give it a whirl. And last but not least, so a, cu a couple other things. Um, I'm watching Defiance, uh, and the reason I watched Dominion was because it, it premiered after the season premiere of Defiance. Okay. Um, you know, there were there were some fan bros I saw on Twitter last year who were watching Defiance. It's one of these uh, Western sci-fis, uh, and it's set in a post-apocalyptic St. Louis where there's five different groups of aliens, you know, coexisting with humans after an, an alien-human war. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's got some good things. It's got some bad things. Um, but I know there's some people, uh, watching out there or might've caught season one, you know, in, on, on the break and just letting people know that's, that's out there too, to check out. 
And we've next week we've got this HBO show by Damon Lindelhoff, uh, one of the lost creators, about uh, the people who are left after the rapture. Right, the leftovers. The leftovers. So, so yeah, as as you know, yeah, as Penny Dreadful ends, you know, the leftovers begins, and uh, and 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 so it continues. And we're gonna try and get into that for the fan bros out there. Well, Chico, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, that's that's the TV talk, our special delivery tonight. Uh, fan bros out there, hit us up, you know, on Twitter, at Fan Show. Hit us up on the site. Check us out. Check out the last podcast, the latest one with Kid Fury. Um, we're officially, the Fan Bros team is going to be at New York Comic Con this October uh, we're starting to promote that now because, uh, you know, people all over the world, if you're going to be in New York, fan bros, look us up. We will be there live and in the flesh doing coverage for Comic-Con for the second year in, the, uh, in a row. More details to come. And uh, with that, we are going to sign off saying peace to all you fan bros. Peace, fan bros. Fan bros.